You are listening to Muslim in Moderation, discussions on minority culture, identity and politics with Ali Ahmed. It's hard to think of an area of life that hasn't been changed by the internet, and that includes finding a life partner. The stigma associated with online matchmaking is completely gone, and with it have come some interesting shifts on how Muslims, young and old, are looking for love. Episode 12 of the podcast features Adim Yunus, digital entrepreneur and philanthropist. Adim is the founder of the international humanitarian charity Penny Appeal, which provides poverty relief across Asia, the Middle East, and Africa. But before that, he founded SingleMuslim.com. With over 2 million registered users, it's the world's largest Muslim digital matchmaking platform, and it recently celebrated its 20th anniversary. Like a lot of successful entrepreneurs, you can really hear the energy and passion in Adim's voice. I spoke to him via Zoom from his UK headquarters. Okay, so let's talk about Single Muslim. You've just celebrated your 20th anniversary. Maybe you can talk about how you started the website. SingleMuslim.com started when I was 19 years old. And I guess at the time, I needed to get married myself. But a lot of my friends were in the same boat. We're at university. A lot of peer pressure, a lot of parental pressure, a lot of anti-pressure <laughs> to get married and... Uh, you know, just like, you know, mashallah, uh, every time you go to a wedding, it's like, mashallah, you need to get married now. Have you found somebody? My story was, I guess it was a story of a whole generation. You know, your parents really kind of putting pressure on you uh, at a young age. You know, having a girlfriend or having a boyfriend is haram. Don't you dare get seen with a girl. And then when it comes to a teenage years, it's like, have you found somebody? Yeah. Are you going to are you gonna introduce me to anybody? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? You've, you've been like quite literally beating us up not to have a relationship or be seen with the opposite gender. Now you're saying, do you have anybody in mind? My family originates from Pakistan. I've still got a lot of family in Pakistan. And my mum was like, you know, if, if you have somebody, it's great. You can introduce me. If you don't, we're going to send you to Pakistan and you can get married to your uncle's daughter. I was like, what? Get married to my uncle's daughter? Can't get married to my uncle's daughter. I don't know. She's family. She's like my sister. Like we call her Badgie. And now you yeah. want me to get married to her. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, right, quick, got to think fast on my feet here. It was 2000. It was the initial, the obviously the, the, the first dot-com bubble. There was a lot of hype around technology. There was a lot of hype around online. And that's where we kind of thought of the idea, single Muslim. It's a marriage platform for Muslims. I guess in the West, we all have fast-paced lives and we, we live in little pockets. And even if we have good jobs or we are in a good career or we live in a, a good neighbourhood, We don't have the same access to other Muslims, let alone suitable Muslims in the age group, in the similar professional, similar interests that you can meet and bump into for the purpose of marriage. And it seemed like a no-brainer, you know, create something online. And Alhamdulillah, you know, it was a no-brainer. We were early adopters to a laggard community. I think our inventions were a little bit too early for mainstream Muslims to catch on. But, you know, we, we, we definitely got in at the right time. And now we know from all different apps of all sorts, you know, we, we, we created this scene. So now we know of the, the single Muslim app scene and, and whatnot. But our marriage app was the first. So Alhamdulillah, we've, uh, we've enjoyed a challenging but an interesting 20-year journey. Yeah. Technology has changed, gone from mainly desktop to now mobile applications. And we've had to change during that time. But one, one thing stayed consistent, and that's the... You know, and that was before our time. And I guess it's, it's part of our faith as Muslims. And that's the fact that marriage is half of our deen. And that's how important it is. It's, it's half of our 
religion, it's half of our faith. So people will do whatever they need to do, especially Muslims, to find the right one. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. We, and we've got you know, 3 million plus people on our platform now, hundreds of thousands of, of marriages and, and tens of thousands of little babies as well in terms of you know, yeah. our, our legacy, inshallah. That's amazing. You know, what you were saying earlier, this idea, you know, being in the community and going from knowing people your whole life and your parents keeping a watchful eye on you saying, you know, why are you talking mm. to this girl? Why are you talking to that girl? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it totally shifts. I know in the community that I was from, very few of the, the boys and girls who were in that community ended up getting married to each other, partly because mm. they just weren't able to make that transition. Mm. But, you know, I, I suppose we're around the same age and online matchmaking wasn't such a big thing or a done thing at that time. Yeah. But now it's totally common and people are very open about it. So yeah. why do you think the attitudes have changed to it? The attitudes have changed simply because there's no other way and we've had to embrace the technology. We've had to embrace this way, which is, and it's, be, it's become totally normalized in mainstream. And I guess we've adopted the same space, but we have a purpose and that purpose is marriage. So we're not on there for casual relationships and we're not on there for any other kind of flings or one night stands. Platforms like singlemuslim.com are there for long-term, genuine, wholesome relationship, what, what Muslims call marriage. And I think there is, there is no other way, there is absolutely no other way to find people at a click of a button that meet a certain criteria, whether that be locality, whether it be education, background, income, height, hobbies, interest, uh, religiosity, any of the, anything like that, you can just go click, 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 and then you'll have thousands of people you know, just there, basically. And then you, you know, you, you go through and some may have photographs and the others may have photographs that you, you have to request. Others, others might not have photographs and then you just send, send a message. And it works because people, you know, Muslims have got that focus and that attitude really that they need to make it work and they're here and they're serious about marriage. And, and I guess when two people are serious and have, have that focus and then are compatible, then why not? Bismillah, let's get our folks involved. But, you know, on, on the... Uh, on our platform, about 20% of the profiles that are registered, they're for people who are looking for their children, they're looking for their, for their siblings, for, and, and some people are on there looking for their parents as well. Yeah. So it's a, it, is, it is a community-based app. It's not just something that is solely for individuals and that's it, I'm going to go and I'm going to find the love of my life and I'm going to fall head over heels. No, if you're, if you're concerned about your child, you're concerned about your sibling and you can put a profile on there looking on behalf of, and it really works. And I've, some of the most successful marriages that I've seen are where families use this as a tool. They use this as a stepping stone to be able to find where traditionally community aunties or tribal elders uh, used to step in and say, look, we've got somebody who matches who you are. They, they match you because of, you know, your, your industrialist background or your background in this field or that field or your locality. They might be from that village or they might be from that city. We don't have that anymore. We've lost that. So, you know, Muslims in the West, this is, this is the next best thing, really. And, and it really works when families are involved. They'll, 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 they'll do the long list. And we've seen it many, many times where the brother, sister, child comes home after work and there's a long list. What do you think? And they go through it. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, because she'll fit in perfectly because our family's like this or he might not work because he's, he does this or 
you know, the, the profession is different or the locality is different and, you know, dad might not be happy with, with, with that and so on and so forth. And that whole process, when we've met up with success stories and we talk through their journey, in, in the initial days of launching the website, it was almost like, um, what's the point of going and seeing people? Because all they'll say is, yeah, we got married of single Muslim. Thank you very much. We got married of single Muslim. Thank you very much. But every time I go to see a success, a married couple that I've met through singlemuslim.com, the journey is very, very different. The journey is always different. We've had people that are literally been living next door to each other and not known that they exist. And then we've had people that live in different continents, uh, different racial backgrounds, different, you know, different everything, different cultures, different traditions that have come together. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, it's such a big blessing to be part of that union and inshallah part of their coming together for eternity. It's just it's, it's something very, very powerful and something so deep and you know, it puts goosebumps on my back of my neck just thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the success that it's had, particularly the, the number of users and the number of reported marriages. Uh, these are tremendous figures that we're talking about. What do you attribute this success to? Because there are a number of different platforms that are out there, and a number of the platforms fall victim to sort of abuse by users or fake profiles or yeah. people making indecent propositions, friends, relatives of mine who have gone on site saying, well, people are just trying it on to see if they can get somewhere with me. I don't know how genuine they mm. are. So what is single Muslim doing differently? Yeah, and to be fair, that is the online world. And the online world is no different to the offline world and the real world, the person that you might sit next to at work, the person that you sit next to on the bus, the person that you sit next to in the restaurant. However, when you communicate to somebody and you communicate to, the, to someone on the, for the purpose of a, a relationship, for the purpose of getting to know them for marriage, it's very, very different. You kind of cross those bounds. And, you know, we, we always hear about the keyboard warriors and people that kind of almost lose their inhibitions when they're online and they can say things that they would never, ever, ever say in a, in a social setting. That That's what we're dealing with. But with singlemuslim.com, it's an app. It's something that's it's, it's there. And we tell people, we inform people. It's all about marriage. So I guess the people register knowing the fact that they're registering on a Muslim app for marriage. And then they go through the whole process and we ask them about their credentials and you know, do they pray Salah and have they been on Umrah and Hajj and, and so on and so forth? And do they keep Halal? And then we, we have a, a team, I guess, 75% of our time, our human capital is based on keeping our, our users safe, security, moderation. All our profiles are vetted with a human moderator. All our images, content, we have algorithms that pick up any sort of language that might be shady in, in whatever way that then pops up and it's kind of like, vetted through a human administrator our moderators are trained in terms of picking things up that you know normal people might not pick up in terms of ip names users description language and that kind of thing and a lot of time and training goes into the safety of our users and you know i think it's just about being there at the right time hitting the critical mass pretty much especially in the uk and us we've got somebody in postcode every city and in most communities but then it's, it's, it's just about having a zero tolerance policy and having an authentic approach. We, we know our families use singlemuslim.com, you know, our friends, our cousins. We recommend people to go onto the app and say, look, use the app. It's a safe, secure environment. And also, I guess we make it very, very easy for people to report other individuals that they might not feel are genuine. 
and again, our team takes a zero tolerance policy on that. And if anybody that's found wanting for anything else apart from a serious relationship for marriage or marital purposes is suspended or removed. And I think it's just being known for a serious marriage app rather than just a, a swipe right or a swipe left and yeah. a, that kind of frivolous relationship that people associate to online, especially in the kind of dating genre, online dating apps. Do you have a sense about how people themselves have changed based on using the apps or knowing that the apps are out mm. there? Because, you know, I think in the early days, people were adopting to the, the technology. It was something you might have in the back burner, maybe be more parent-driven, family-driven mm. using the app. But it seems now that people have access, everyone has access, easy access to a mobile phone, you have easy access mm. to the app, you can start conversations with people very easily, you could be having conversations with multiple people at the same time, you know, all of the inhibitions, mm. transaction costs that you normally have mm. when you have to get involved in a relationship with someone, those are all very much lowered by the app. So do you have a sense that people are using it differently than they did 20 years ago when, when first launched? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In the early, early days, there were people that were web savvy and online, you know, savvy and not everybody. I mean, we take online and apps as uh, just for granted now that these have always been here. But people that were technologically advanced and maybe knew that it was there. It's like, what? you can go online, you can go on the Internet and you can find a wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've actually had stories where people have learned especially the elderly community. An example, a widower heard that you could find marriage on the internet and he actually learned how to use a computer because of singlemuslim.com. Yeah. He wanted to find a, find <laughs> a wife. So it's like, yeah, yeah, so we've got all those kind of stories. But the main thing in terms of the attitude, changing of attitude, I'd say it's the opposite way around. Initially, there was a lot of individuals because families were like, really? Isn't the internet where you find this and that? And doesn't this happen on there? And doesn't it happen on there? A lot of scaremongering in the early years. But now we've got a lot more families that that's the only way have you not done it online have you not tried online have you not tried the single muslim app why have you not tried that that's where shyster found her husband <laughs> Do you know what i mean <laughs> that's where i got married so yeah we've been to households where we've we've been invited for weddings and it's like who's this guy oh he's a guy from single muslim oh but why didn't you tell him that we got married off single muslim as well and they got married off single muslim as well yeah. oh and you got married so he's like whoa <laughs> that room full of you know newly married couples like majority of them are like yeah we've been on single muslim and that's where we got married isn't it isn't that whenever he gets married so it's just become a lot more acceptable now and i guess that acceptability it's just got a saying in the office and it's like success breeds success it's just now it, it just is that i guess it's just accepted that this is the norm so it's like aunties you know and your mom and you kind of community elders like you know have you not been on the app why don't you try the app <laughs> that's just like that's just the way that they that's just the way that i guess the community are now, now rolling and i guess it's that it's the need as well it's like you know and we're, we're good where if we need to phone our our parents uh you know grandparents or whatever in, in india pakistan bangladesh we know the cheapest calling card <laughs> we, yeah. know, we, know where to, we know where to go for the best deals and you can't beat you know, we spend tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of pounds dollars on the actual wedding day a few dollars a few pounds to find the right one is literally like you know it's insignificant one of the big concerns that parents had often raised living in the west especially people with girls were saying well how are we going to find a husband for our daughter when the boys in the community were going back to Pakistan, Bangladesh, mm. you know, or other back to the home country to find yeah, a wife. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like in their early days, people 
when they immigrated over to different countries, wherever it might be, the primary concern was preserving the culture and the way you did mm. that was going back to the home country and then finding a wife. But I think that attitude sort of changed partly because mm. of economic considerations, right? One of the best ways to get ahead is you have two professionals getting together. And I think then a little bit of that attitude changed. You know, men tend to marry same socioeconomic bracket or lower, whereas women will marry same socioeconomic bracket or higher. And if you have a well-educated girl, they need to get a well-educated guy. That's, that's what they're looking for. And so it's mm. harder to find that if you're really restricted. And if all the guys are just going back to the home country and, you know, marrying their cousins mm. or, or whatever else. So I kind of mm. feel like adoption of an, an app like Single Muslim mm. really provides that opportunity to look beyond your community and then find like-minded people instead mm. of just being restricted geographically. Yeah, and you you what it is that is just what you said. That it's it's about having an option, isn't it? And it's about having a a real option. So a lot of the people in the early years were like, you know, our parents are forcing us to go back to their motherland. What shall we do? Well, you know what you what you should do is you should get onto single Muslim and you should search for somebody and you should put that as an option to your parents. And if they're not going to be happy. Then you should get the community elders involved and you should you know like in a justified and an Islamic way, rebel with an option. Just don't say no, no, no. Because, you know, you're at an age where you have a responsibility to be married and conduct yourself in a proper way and move on with your life. And it's just human nature. You, you've got those needs, you've got those urges, and you've got to fulfill that within the bounds that we know and not having a relationships outside marriage, but having a marital relationship and making it halal. And I think that's the option when the options weren't there or when the options weren't known, then you can say, oh, well, there, w- I, there was no other choice and I had to do this and I, you know, so on and so forth. But when you've got the choices and, and, and single Muslim provides the largest choice of single Muslims uh, probably in the world, then you don't really have an excuse. And I think morally and ethically, of course, Islamically, we are liberty to sh- choose your own partner. Finally, where you see the trends in online matchmaking going, because I guess you've seen a lot over 20 years, a lot of marriages, a lot of changes <laughs> in the technology. So where yeah. do you think it's headed? I think we're, we're seeing some of that now, and we've been forced with the post-COVID world, a lot more Zoom calls, a lot more virtual meetings. For sure, what will happen and what is already happening is virtual spaces. You know, you'll be able to sit in some Hawaiian beach resort and maybe meet somebody there, you know, virtually. Maybe you'll be able to virtually meet in a restaurant and have a cup of tea together, but you can be tens of thousand miles apart. So that's one thing for sure in terms of that virtual space and, and being together, but not being together, having video conferencing technology, which will make it feel like you're actually really there. And I think the other thing is, um, again, some of the mainstream are already doing this, is gamification. So really turning time of sending a message and receiving a message into more than just messaging in terms of getting to know somebody, maybe playing game, having a game of chess online, or maybe kind of having a, any other interaction which allows you to get to know the other person's personality. Are they generous in their interaction? Are they a pushover? Are they an introvert? Are they an extrovert? and getting to understand people's personalities before you meet. Again, tools and ways and methods of really engaging more than just like the old, an an email or a message or a a WhatsApp type notification. Maybe more 
places and platforms where parents, guardians, wallies can meet as well and say, look, well, we're looking for this and we're looking for that. We're looking yeah. for the other. So abilities for kind of genuine forums for people to, and, you know, we, we've been going in the direction of kind of online passports and e-passports and e-identities and whatnot. So, you know, we spoke earlier about the challenges that we have online. That could all be a thing of the past as well, because you just almost zap into like, yep, you got this, you got a job, da, 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 beep, 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 beep. All that is past. <laughs> so, you know, you know, if somebody owns a property, you know, if somebody's in debt, you know, if somebody's had previous history of anything, and that could be flagged up. So all, all of that kind of online verification and whatnot, which is a very, very scary thought as well. I think that's those, the real trends. But then thing else is possible as well. You know, technology moves at a a rapid, rapid pace. Who, who could have thought be where we are now, even five years ago? So, but I think whichever way the tech goes, I think the most important thing is that humans are humans. You know, unless you start bedding chips into into us, which is which which is being done as well. Yeah. Ultimately, where we have emotions, we have feelings, we have desires. We need to be loved. We have this innate kind of ability to want to love somebody as well, and that's not going to change. You know, that's been with us for the beginning of time. Thank you for listening to Muslim in Moderation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating. A new episode will be out monthly. For guest profiles, episodes and show notes, visit www.musliminmoderation.com.